Welcome to the Gypsam's Guide to Wellbeing at Work. I'm David Ragliade, and I'm delighted to be working with Gypsam's on this project, which aims to highlight the importance of well-being schemes in the workplace. We hope that this podcast series will inspire some action and act as a guide to setting up a workplace scheme of your own. Lawyers experience high levels of work-related stress. This is one of the reasons why local law firm Triai invests in the well-being of its staff and runs an open-door policy. In this episode, we focus in on Triai and meet Helen Murphy, one of the team members responsible for its well-being scheme. Helen, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on winning last year's award. Thank you very much. For the benefit of our listeners, can you tell us a bit more about Triai? Yeah, so our firm is a full practice um, minus criminal law. Um, We've been established since 1905 and we have one office in Irish town and two offices in Spain. Um, We also have a sister company, TTMS, who's just next door to us in Irish town as well. And I think one main thing to take away from our firm is that we're, we're predominantly a big family firm. And even if you're not part of the TRI family, you still feel like you're part of the, of the of TRI lawyers. So do you feel that family is part of the culture here? Um, family is a massive part of the culture here. Um, I find that the family influence is something that filters down into our work culture. And it's something that I think that's like very prevalent in the office. So can you tell me specifically about the Wellbeing at Work scheme at TRI? So the scheme is a year-round initiative. Um, Essentially, I think it's important to sort of go back to how we first came about to applying for the award. Um, So one day I actually got an email from the Gibraltar uh, Insurance Institute, just as a, a circular, and they were mentioning that the applications had opened for the well-being um, at work recognition scheme with Gibsams. Um, and I started reading through um, the Gibsams website and I thought, well, actually, we tick quite a few of those boxes already. And so I put the application in and we were, we were quite successful. <laughs> so it's, it's something I'd say that's been there since I joined the firm in 2019 that I've experienced. I can, I like to say on behalf of my fellow associates that it's something that's been there before. It goes back to us being a family firm. We're very open. We have a very entrenched open door, open door um, policy um, whereby I can literally walk into the managing director's office. And if I feel that I have anything I need to get off my chest or to discuss about or a proposal, I can do so. I don't need to talk to his secretary and then schedule an appointment or, you know, go to my higher up who will then go on, go to the directors or wait for a board meeting. I find that a lot of decisions and actions are actually done quite quickly in the firm. So how did the scheme come about? So essentially off the back of the application, um, when I started doing a lot of research At the point of making the application, I wanted to do a bit of research into the occupational stresses that a lawyer goes through. And I was quite startled by by the statistics that I found. I I recall that, I mean, one of the surveys I looked at that was conducted by a UK insurance company called Productivity found that lawyers were the second most stressed profession in the UK at 63%. 
I looked at what the junior lawyers division, what what studies they had performed, and they said that one in every 15 junior lawyers has experienced suicidal ideation. And so off the back of applying for it, I felt that not only I felt that we were doing well-being and mindfulness in the office, but I felt that this is something that we can develop on. So since actually being successful in the workplace, I've wanted to better what we already have. So I'm actually currently looking at various outsources to come in and provide um, different courses um, at different levels. Um, so I'd say that it's something that's ongoing. Right now, I'm currently looking at bringing uh, a group called Neurovitality in to specifically provide a seminar on resilience and burnout with the associates. And then also I want something for the support staff because at the end of the day, I think it's important to have that separation because, you know, we rely a lot on our secretaries and our paralegals um, and our receptionists and IT and other, you know, other members of staff. So I think it's important that they get they get a time when they can all attend and they can sit down, they can share anything that they have. So I want something that I'm currently in the process of doing something for the support staff, something for the associates and something for the directors as well. Wow, there's, there's a lot of activity and <laughs> ambitions. Um, so who are some of the key stakeholders that you'd need to engage in trying to get something like this off the ground? So when we applied for the, for the award, um, when I spoke to my supervising director and I came to him with a whole load of ideas that I had, he, his words were just go for it. So I've always felt supported um, with the proposals that I've been making. And I'd say in terms of the stakeholders, the directors, they oversee the process. Right now, I'm just making proposals in terms of what I think that would be beneficial to the directors, the associates and the support staff. We also have a public relations team, so they deal with the day-to-day management of of well-being in the office. You mentioned a lot of different groups, mm-hmm. so not just obviously you've got the associates, you've got the different yeah. support teams around that. Are any in particular harder to kind of get to or engage? I think that there are difficulties in trying to bring someone out of their shell at work naturally because I find that, um, personally speaking, that when you're at work, you probably don't behave the same way as you do when you're outside of work. So I think you need to be able to create a comfortable platform for someone to feel that they can talk about issues that they have or identify that they are going through a rocky patch and so I think that across the board I think there are difficulties and obstacles that we're in the process of overcoming but it's something that you have to identify the whole point of and well-being in the workplaces is that you can find something that you can tailor and fit to for the company as a whole and that's why when I'm looking at these groups I think it's important that the secretaries and the other support staff that they haven't got their superiors in the same meeting Um, likewise for the associates maybe they don't want their supervising partners in the meeting Um, and then the directors I think it's important that they have something that's tailored for them at a management level Um, the needs of the audience differs. Obviously you mentioned there it's great that you're doing a bit of a health check Uh, of how your workplace is feeling, I guess. Is that just through meetings or are there any other techniques that you are using, putting into place? So 
Right now, our PR team, they are arranging a lot of staff appreciation days. Um, We've had a couple this year so far, and that's open to all staff in the office. Um, It's also open to our sister company that I mentioned earlier on. Sometimes you might not see someone who's on the third floor if on the first floor. So it's good engagement, you know, just to check in with everyone once in a while. And we're also, I'm currently in the process of um, working with the clubhouse. We're doing a mental health first aid course that's scheduled to run later this year. But we've got quite a number of people that are interested um, from both sites to attend that course. Well, that staff appreciation day sounds interesting. What what exactly is it? So what we'll do is, obviously, we've got very busy workloads. So sometimes it's a bit difficult to get something where everyone's free, to arrange something where everyone's free and available. Um, But we'll have the morning blocked out where they'll put a full buffet on we had one for easter so we had hot cross buns there was easter eggs piled different easter eggs on different chairs piled all over and you know we'd go in have a chatter you know just check in with everyone really at the minute we've also got a system in place where every month we have a fund um so that we can go out and engage in more of a social setting, whether it be bowling or a meal, or I think we went to a distillery one day, uh, one month. Um, So it doesn't always have to be work-related, so just trying to find something where everyone's on an even keel. So, Helen, what do you think makes well-being at work so important, especially within the legal profession? I think it's really important um, that law firms are alive to these issues um, in terms of stress, anxiety um, and particularly burnout in our profession and it's something that's been going on for many, many years unchecked. Funnily enough, whilst I was researching for applying at the wellbeing, the wellbeing scheme, I came across a quote by a, an, an attorney in Kentucky and it really resonated with me and it really clicked as to why lawyers fall into such high categories in terms of of depression burnout and anxiety and she says there are a lot of high stress professions being a physician has stress however when the surgeon goes into the surgical suite to perform his surgery they don't send another physician in to try to kill the patient they're all on the same team trying to do one job in the legal profession adversity is the nature of our game and that's probably one of the main reasons why lawyers are at such high risk. We're taught to be adversaries and we're taught that if we have a a uniqueness about us or a different edge that's going to put us in a better position against our opponent, that we should go for that. Um, But we're constantly taught to be contentious. And I think that it's really important, like I say, that law law firms are, are alive to these issues um, amongst lawyers and particularly amongst junior lawyers. Thank you. Last question. Uh, so what advice have you got for someone who's thinking of starting a wellbeing scheme of their own? I think it's really important um, that if you're looking to set up um, your own wellbeing scheme, that you have something that's tailored specific to your company just because what works for triage doesn't mean it's going to work for you what works for a small business won't work for a large one or a medium-sized business and i think it's really important that you need to listen to what your employees want so for example 
after I've put in place and these seminars that are coming up this year and one thing that I that I will be carrying out is like a feedback questionnaire areas where they think they have been missed or overlooked or areas that they felt needed improvement on because I mean at the end of the day you really need to listen to your workforce they're the ones that's that's going to keep the company going we've we've seen that how important that is during covid Thank you for listening to the Gypsam's Wellbeing at Work podcast. In our next episode, we find out more about Mansion's initiatives. Remember, it's not too late to enter this year's Wellbeing at Work awards. Find out all the information on the Gypsam's website. Gypsam's is a Gibraltar-based charity and confidential listening service for those individuals experiencing emotional distress. It exists to reduce the number of suicides and support people through tough times. Find out more at gypsams.gi.